With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello and welcome to the MMQB NFL Podcast. I'm Connor Orr. And yes, we're going to talk about the Jets today. So feel free to uh, turn your podcast apparatus off if that gives you a headache. I know it's shocking, right? Uh, normally it's the 2011 Jets that we like to bring up, but the 2023 Jets still have not consummated a trade for Aaron Rodgers. And I think that part of it's very interesting. But I also think the dynamic of the team as a whole, how they got here, how they built this roster, and really how good of a job they've done in spending all of their assets and utilizing all their picks. And so I have with me today uh, an expert that's going to help us parse this out, Zach Rosenblatt from The Athletic. Zach covers the Jets um, for The Athletic. He's also covered the Giants for uh, my alma mater, the Star Ledger in Newark, and he's also covered the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, I think this is going to be great. And uh, yeah, let's bring him in. Zach, what's going on, buddy? How's it going? Just uh, waiting. That's all I've been doing is a lot of waiting. <laughs> <laughs> you can never tell like uh from someone's zoom camera setup what the situation is but you have almost a zach taylor-esque just blank white wall <laughs> behind you and i like to think of anyone covering the jets just sitting in these like isolated like white walled rooms just being like just please get this goddamn trade over with well, right well to be honest I, I moved into a new apartment uh a little bit before all this roger stuff started happening and and then a combination of traveling, getting sick, and then have like just waiting for like the. I was always worried the Rogers the news was going to come at any moment, so I like couldn't like deal with having like all the stuff put up and all. That. I don't know. I've been procrastinating, and so I blame Aaron Rodgers for it. Is essentially <laughs> the moral of the story. <laughs> People don't realize that when something is is happening on a beat, uh, and you're a beat writer, like I don't know. I remember, gosh, with the Giants, it was. Probably when Odell Beckham was going to play at that point, because Tom Coughlin hated him and he wouldn't play. We didn't hate him. He was mad that he wouldn't play and Odell didn't want to play because his ankle hurt. But like that was very banal compared to this. I guess when I covered the Jets, it was always 
like 2010, 11. It was just like, it was multiple combustible things, but there wasn't this like lingering. The Aaron Rodgers thing is just in the air constantly. And I'm wondering like, what's that like? Are you just like, all right, check the phone, take a few steps, check the phone, take a few steps. Like what's, what's the day to day like right now? I would say it was more stressful before he came out and said he wanted to play for the Jets because at that point you're like waiting. Okay, are they just going to trade for him all of a sudden? Is he going to announce he's retiring and then the Jets have to pivot? Like, so that was when I was like stressing out every time I would get, you know, a, a tweet alert from, you know, the national guys or whatever, um, or or whatever it was, like a text from a Jet source or something like that. Like, I, I, there's less freaking out now. I think now it's just like, okay, at some point it's going to happen. Uh, the more stressful part is we're getting we're, like this stretch right now. Uh, between you know owners meetings and the draft there's usually not that much that goes on so like reporters some will take like a vacation or two during this stretch in addition to like the stretch between mini camp and training camp and i i have one planned for next week i was just telling you about this before we started recording and <laughs> it, it was one that i i booked like over a month ago you know thinking all right i'd be I'll, nothing will be happening in in you know middle of april early april <laughs> and of course this is still dragged on i mean it'll be It'll be three weeks, I think, on Wednesday since he announced that he wanted to play for the Jets. So it's it's now it's just a waiting game, and you just know it's going to happen at the most inconvenient possible time. <laughs> That's just the way these things work, you know. Uh, you've you've been covering the NFL, let alone the Jets, for long enough to know it just happens when like you're doing something, and you know you're like, ah, oh, crap, I have to leave. <laughs> so I'll give you my worst story of that ever, um, but I want to know where are you going in Florida, and what are you going to be doing? I'm going down to Boca Raton with uh with my girlfriend. She has some friends that live down there. Nice. Yeah. Is it just going to be like a beach thing? Like what's uh, what's sort of on the what's what's on the schedule? I think I don't know. I, I mean, I know that it's like Boca is known for like being a community where people go to retire to and stuff. But I guess young people, some young <laughs> people live down there now too. So I think they live in like a sort of community type thing. I don't know. I, I'm just kind of going with the flow. I just want to relax. Show by the beach. So Aaron Rodgers is going to probably make it. He's probably going to get traded. Like I get there on Thursday, maybe on Friday, he'll get traded and ruin my whole weekend. But (laughs) (laughs) so the worst one that that ever happened timing wise for me was there was my wife had booked these like series. uh, She wasn't my wife at that point. And I have no idea how we ended up getting it across the finish line after something like this. (laughs) um, We had a series of dates planned and like, the first one, something crazy happened with the Jets. I had to cancel. Second one, something crazy with the Jets happened. Had to cancel. Third one, she's like, "Listen, <laughs> the, this is it. Like, or else, you know, whatever." So I remember that morning, um, there was uh, the Jets were holding um, a regional combine tryout at Florham Park. I had to go because there was a woman named Lauren Silberman that was going, and she was attempting. She's gonna be the first woman ever to um, participate in a regional combine. She was going to try to kick. Um, And there was no video evidence of her ever kicking. Um, There was no evidence of her being like a college football player, like anything. So it was this big anticipation, curiosity. And I was like, okay. I told my wife, I was like, listen, I'm I'm just going to go here real quick, watch her do this, write about it, and then go home. And then she gets there and insists on going last. And so like, all like it's like hours of waiting and then we're going back and forth between the field and floor and park and the little media room and the field and the media room and i'm like looking at the watch and then it's slowly becoming apparent that like i gotta i gotta bang this date like it's not gonna happen and so i'm i'm getting i'm getting hollered at on the phone and then she gets out there and it turns out the whole thing is a publicity stunt 
<laughs> and so she like taps the ball with her foot and it dribbles like two feet. And then we're all just sitting there like mouths agape, like what just happened? And <laughs> that was by far the worst timing one. Um, yeah. But it, with the Jets, it's always like a series of things. It's like, okay, all right, let's go out and then Santonio, we're going to sign Santonio Holmes. And then he's going to post a very granular picture back then on Twitter of him like chugging Cristal um, after, uh, you know, the phone quality is a yeah, yeah. back then. But um, I don't know. Do, your, what was your perception? Because you covered the Giants like me too. And yeah. you went to the Jets. You, you did it backwards. Uh, you went from sane to less sane. What was your <laughs> perception of the Jets going into it? And how has that sort of answered the call? Uh, that's interesting. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm friends with a lot of Jet supporters, so I like had like a somewhat idea that there was always just chaos. Like I know they were always miserable kind of thing because there's always just stuff happening. <laughs> um, like just nothing normal ever happens with the Jets. It's kind of the going theme. <laughs> and so that part of like the, that part of the job, I kind of expect. I think the fans are a little crazier than I realized. I, I would say like the Jets fans are like a you know a passionate, raucous angry bunch like if you <laughs> get them going like they'll they, they're like relentless like giants fans i would say giants fans are mad if you like disrespect the brand of the giants kind of thing mm-hmm. more than like, they're mad at you know I, I think you know giants fans were just like we just want to win already like that, that was a big part of it and and also you know if you disrespect the brand kind of thing because it's like a they view them as you know one of the top franchises or whatever jets fans are just mad all the time because it's been so long since they d- did anything relevant so there's always mad it's always everybody's fault um they're fun like it th- like they're very interested in everything you write and tweet and all that stuff which is good but it's definitely like they're an angry bunch for sure all right so let's take aaron Rodgers and let's let's lock him in a safe for a minute and just talk about the jets offseason completely independent of aaron Rodgers. i have a take and i'm curious what your thought is on this that i thought that al lazard was a Really good signing, completely independent of Aaron Rodgers. Like, if you're going to run outside zone, you need blocking wide receivers. And there's only, like, like people are like, oh, well, if you have a wide receiver, why don't you just make him block? Try that. If you become a head coach of a team, be like, yes, yeah, go out there and scrap and fight for 65 snaps and then catch a pass every now and then. Al Lazard will do that. I think he's valuable in that sense. Um, I thought they had a good offseason. I didn't think it was just, like, capitulating to Aaron Rodgers because even if he leaves you in the lurch at the last minute, like your team still got better, but I, I don't know. What's your take on that? And the Lazard thing, I think the part that people maybe don't realize is that he's pretty much a better version of what they had last year in Corey Davis, who was an mm-hmm. important part of their offense. You know, the blocking part, like that's the thing they always talked about first with Corey Davis, which I don't know if blocking is the first thing you want to hear about with the receiver, but <laughs> And, but Corey's problem is he was injury prone and he's prone to drops. They still have him on the roster. Technically. I don't know how long that'll last. Maybe he's a part of the Rogers trade, but um, so I think they view Lazard. It's a similar price. And I think they view him as a better player, more reliable guys. Again, a good run blocker. Like you said, he's pretty reliable catching the ball. I think he's pretty healthy. Generally um, he's bigger than Corey Davis. Uh, and he's been pretty good down, like getting catches down the field too. So I, I, I think they're upgrading like a lot of what they've done this offseason, at least offensively, is upgrading what they already had. So you look at Alan Lazard is a better Corey Davis, and I think they view McCole Hardman as a better Braxton Berrios. So in that way, they've upgraded their offense. And you know, the areas you can criticize them for is they haven't really done anything on the offensive line. And uh, 
you know, they added Chuck Clark from the Ravens. They traded for him. He should be pretty good. How he fits next to Jordan Whitehead, I'm not entirely sure, but still need to get a linebacker, and they're they're pretty uh, depleted at defensive tackle next to Quinn and Williams. So there's still some stuff they have to do. But, yeah, I think they're better right now than they were when the season ended, I would say. I wonder if they'll miss someone like Sheldon Rankins, right, who – um, I mean, that deal that they got him on was insane compared to like considering now he's making like 10 plus with the with the Texans on a one year deal, obviously. But um, I do think he was a, a guy who made some of that stuff work and maybe did some of the unsexy things uh, that they needed him to do. Yeah, he, he was great for them. He was great for media, too. He's the media good guy this last year. So he's going to be missed because everybody would go to him for literally any topic. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, He's uh, yeah, he was you no, know, he's very underrated. He's a good run stopper. They they tried really they thought they were going to get Fletcher Cox and I'm I think that they probably were focused on Cox is why they maybe didn't go back to Rankins before they lost him. Um and they were they were trying to get Calais Campbell too before he went to the Falcons. I don't know if they were offering him enough. I know they offered Cox more than the Eagles did, but clearly he wasn't going to leave them. So um so yeah, they I think they know that's a need. I think they're being a little patient with it now that like the, a lot of the top names are off the market, so whether it's, you know, you buy low on a guy that's lingering uh, or you draft somebody to put next to Quinn and I, that's definitely a need, but yeah, it's when you have someone like Quinn and I think the quality of the guy next to him, he doesn't necessarily need to be a pro bowler because I think Quinn is going to make anybody look better. What, yeah. What do you think the plan is there? I mean, is, do you think getting someone I I've sensed that is a theme for a lot of teams this off season, like, you know, after the combine, I heard like, okay, watch the Browns. They're going all in a miles Garrett. They're going to just raid the defensive line market and they're going to make life easier for him to destroy people. I would imagine that the jets are trying to do something or should be trying to do something similar because they do have these talented guys. They have good edge rushers. They have good interior pressure, but you need the, you need the guys who are going to be able to make it work for you. So I don't know. Do you think that's still a big part of their plan? Yeah, and Joe Douglas is always going to prioritize the D line anyway. I think he got he's been doing that his whole career, and you learned that from the Ravens and Eagles when he was there. So yeah, I think that's why you're seeing them going after guys like Cox and Campbell. That's why you know some Jets fans thought they might cut Carl Lawson this offseason because he saved like fifteen million dollars. But I think they view that he's a quality edge rusher, and if you cut him, you're probably going to replace him with somebody not as good, even if it's for less money. So. They, they, they like rotating their defensive linemen, so that's why I'm surprised. They've, all they've done is re-sign Solomon Thomas so far, and he's like their third, probably the third guy. So I think they still have a few moves to make there. There still are some free agents. This market, free agency market's been kind of weird in general. I think a lot of a lot of players have been getting less money than they expected, so there's some guys still lingering around, and you haven't seen as many cap casualties and stuff like that. So I think they're going to be patient and, and think they're going to feel like they're going to find somebody eventually. The defensive tackle market, though, is especially weird, right? Because you had like you had 30 year old guys that are getting like twenty two million dollars a year. And Douglas, I mean, we'll get to you. I, I want your take on him a little bit later. But I've, I I think he's done well in terms of the economics of the game, at least like, you know, you could say what you want about the Carl Lawson thing. I've heard everything under the sun, but the people who got pass rushers that year, I'm talking about Belichick and Matt Judon, Carl Lawson, and there's one more that I'm... Oh, um, the Bengals and... Uh, gosh. Um, uh, Trey Hendrickson, yeah. So they each got them for like 13, 14, 15, $16 million a year, somewhere in there. And then that next season, like that market took like a wide receiver like 
bump and just got out of control. And so I do think he's being smart. Like, yes, the Jets do need defensive tackle help, but this market is for the top end guys was was kind of bananas a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Again, like Fletcher Cox got 10 million from the Eagles, which is a pretty reasonable rate. And they offered more than that. I I think Jets fans would have been pretty thrilled if they got Fletcher Cox to put next to Quinn and Williams. Um, But yeah, you know, I. You know, and there's also the factor that he's about to pay Quinn and Williams quite a bit of money too, which is right. probably in the top process. He, he's going to make, you know, he, he might wind up being the second or third highest paid defensive tackle in the league. So, <clears throat> you know, all that's factoring in. I, I think Joe is he's smartly being patient. I think Jets fans aren't as good about being patient. They've like wondered why nothing has happened, but I think pretty quickly, uh, if they got a few guys, all of a sudden everybody would be pretty happy. You know, if they get a Beckham, if they get a Ben Jones, if they if they find a defensive tackle, whether it's in free agency or trades or something, I think they're going to be happy with this offseason. They're they're pretty clearly all in on trying to win right away with Aaron Rodgers, so I, I don't think spending is going to be an issue. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. This is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. You know, hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Do you have a favorite signing this offseason, whether it's under the radar or 
firmly on the radar for the Jets. Yeah, <clears throat> I haven't done enough to like get too enthused about anything, but I I do think I like the it was a trade, but the Ch- Chuck Clark trade was pretty. It was they only gave up uh, I think a seventh round pick or something like that, and he's a pretty quality you know reliable starting safety, and they that was a pretty big hole in their defense. So he'll be an upgrade over what Lamarcus Joyner brought for them last year. So we're now at a point where I think we can start somewhat fairly evaluating Joe Douglas in totality as a general manager. Um, I, my, my thought here is that he, he had, and I know a lot of GMs will say this, but I do think in the Jets case, it was true that he had a serious mess to clean up. Like the, that the personnel was so substandard that, was left behind during the Mike McCagnet era that I think like you almost take the first two years and you just say, listen, you just got to get a professional team on the field at this point. Now that he's started to kind of get rolling on this, what's your, what's been your take on the Joe Douglas era? Do you think he's a good fit for the jets moving forward? What do you think is kind of fatal flaws are like, what, what are your, what's your take on him as a GM? Yeah, I mean, to your initial point, it's undeniable how bad it was when he got here. And then if you look at it now, I, there's a reason why Aaron Rodgers is wanting to come to the Jets because they have a, a playoff caliber roster and Joe Douglas built that roster. So I think he absolutely deserves credit for that. <clears throat> I think he's been really pretty remarkable in trades. I think that's one area where he's probably one of the best GMs in the league. He like It's pretty rare you look at a trade that he did and feel like they didn't get the best value out of it, whether it's trading away a guy like Jamal Adams or you know trading for somebody. He, he's been very good at trades and waiver claims. You know, he, he got Quincy Williams off waivers. He got John Franklin Myers off waivers. I believe there's one more that was oh, Braxton Berrios. He got off waivers. And these are all guys that got second contracts with the Jets. So that's that's pretty remarkable as well. Um, I will say, though, his, his drafting, if you go and look at the classes, you know, it, it's obviously easy to do in retrospect. I think historically everything Joe Douglas has done, I think at the time there was like you could justify it which is a sign of a good GM, I think, but not all of it's worked out necessarily. And you look at 2020 draft is pretty miserable. That's a Mackay Becton year. Yeah. Um, 2021 is starting to reach that level, if not worse because of the Zach Wilson part of it, because mm-hmm. he was, in a, you know, they have Elijah Bear Tucker, who's a good player, but you know, they just traded away Elijah Moore after two years, essentially giving up on him. Um, and they're, they're, Michael Carter, the running backs kind of not been as good as they thought he would be. So in a lot of ways, I think his 2022 draft with sauce Garner, Garrett Wilson, um, you know, Jermaine Johnson, Michael Clemens, Max Mitchell, all, all the guys, Brees Hall. Like, I think that draft saved him in a lot of ways because if that draft didn't pan out and they were really bad last year, he might, you know, he might not even still be in the job. So, um, the drafting has left a little bit to be desired, though last year maybe redeems him a bit. Uh, free agencies, you know, some some guys have worked out, some haven't. DJ Reed was a home run last year, Lincoln mm-hmm. Thompson struggled a little bit, and you kind of you know, kind of stuck with him and they pay, overpaid CJ Uzama a little bit, I think, to be a blocking tight end. So hasn't been perfect, but he's been pretty solid in free agency too. So I think compared to what some of the GMs and, you know, I covered Dave Gettleman before this, like <laughs> by comparison, Joe Doug- Douglas is Ozzie Newsome. So, um, the vindicated Dave Gettleman. Come on. Um, Saquon yeah. Barkley is back on the franchise tag. Daniel Jones is <clears throat> making $40 million a year. Uh, you look that at he's... instead of vindication, you look that as he's screwing the Giants because now they have to overpay Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I I was imagining him just sitting there and just being like, "See, you know." Uh, oh, he definitely was. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny though, and like I'll, we'll deviate for just a second because you and I did both cover the Giants, and you know, with Saquon 
in particular, I just kept wondering through the Jason Garrett era, like why aren't they just why aren't they just throwing him the like checking the ball down to him and just getting him the ball in space? And then Brian Dable does it, and everyone's like, "Whoa!" Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> this is this is a really good running back. Like, why are you forcing him to do things that he's bad at? I, the fact that that happened for so long was like coaching malpractice. It was borderline stunning. The, the Jason Garrett era, they should like teach in school for like what everything. <laughs> it was. That was it was the most boring bland offense I've ever seen. They were scared to do anything. I I don't I think it part of it came from the head coach too because I, I think he was a pretty conservative minded person too. So it, maybe it's not all Garrett's fault because you saw they fired Garrett and then you know Freddie Kitchens or whatever went in. And it was still kind of the same thing. So um, yeah, that, I mean that I mean that you think about it, they kind of wasted two years of Daniel Jones. You know maybe he would have gotten to this quicker if you just like you know figured out how to use him better and whatever. I I'm a, I'm a, still like a closeted Notre Dame fan, not as big as I used to be, but Jason Garrett obviously does color commentary for that. And he does halftime for NBC. And it always made me laugh that, you know, during the game, they kick it to Jason Garrett and, you know, they're like, well, Jason, what would you do here in this situation? And I was like, why, why would we want to know that? Cause like, the, <laughs> so let's do the opposite of that. And like, you know, Tommy Reese, who is Notre Dame's offensive coordinator, is now the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Like, clearly, he's doing all right. Uh, yeah, I, think yeah. he, I think he knows what he's doing. Uh, like, let's not let's not ask Jason Garrett what his take is here. I, I, I saw I saw Jason Garrett. He was at uh, owners' meetings, talking a lot of people up. I don't know if he's trying to find another way back <laughs> or something. Well, I don't know. Um, okay, <laughs> let, let's let's uh, let's get back on track here. Um, the you know, so I don't know, Douglas. I hate the letter grade thing, but I'm like, I don't know. At this point, where would you put him? Like in the, I don't know. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Where, where, what would you give him as a letter grade so far as a GM? Hmm. I mean, until they show that they're, they, you know, they had a pretty terrible collapse at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. And I think he deserves dings for the Zach Wilson pick. Like, you know, whatever other teams thought about Zach Wilson, like the fact is you got it wrong, or at least you didn't put him in a position to succeed. So I think, he definitely deserves dings for that. So I'd say probably B, B minus. Um, I think you could argue like better based on like some of like, especially the last year he's been, you know, doing a master class in a way, but the, the overall, you know, resume and the fact that they still haven't had a winning record with him. And I think this year is going to really determine if Joe Douglas, if Joe, if they make the playoffs this year, Joe Douglas is going to be the GM for a long time. If they fall apart, then we might have a new GM next year. How much pressure do you sense that there is? I mean, obviously, going after Aaron Rodgers makes makes it seem like there is sort of an unofficial mandate mandate from ownership. But do you think everyone's feeling it at this point? Like, uh, you know, this this has to materialize now. I think they were feeling it before the Aaron Rodgers stuff. I, I yeah, especially they're almost like a victim of their early success last year. I think because I don't think anybody thought they would be. Some a team anybody was talking about for the playoffs, like at midseason, and they were six and three. You know, they had a shot at the like, they beat the Bills. People thought, you know, their division was in sights, and then they just completely fall apart. So I th- I've always said, I think ending a season bad is much worse than starting a season bad because everybody just remembers how you ended it. Like that, nobody's going to talk about, you know, that you started well. It's everybody's going to talk about how you lost six of your last seven games or whatever it was. And so yeah. that's like on, you know, Woody Johnson, you know, is very impressionable. And I think he he sees how they collapse. He saw how they were literally just a quarterback away. I think that was pretty obvious. And I think they've been telling him that you know we're get us a, if we get us a quarterback, we are going to make the playoffs, Woody. 
And so the fact that, you know, I think that's how they've all kind of been pushing it. And, you know, they had, they had to make some changes on the offensive coaching staff because of how miserable it was, which is often a precursor for things getting a lot worse. Cause you know, I think historically it, it doesn't work out very often if you have to fire your offensive coordinator. <laughs> right. <laughs> like pretty rarely. Like I covered the Eagles too. And they, I covered the Eagles. They, you know, Lurie forced, you know, Doug was calling the plays, but Lurie forced uh, Doug to fire Mike Rowe and they replaced him with like, you know, a collection of guys. And it was like not really clear who was running the th- running things on offense. And it was a disaster. And Doug was fired like a year later. So um, I don't know. I, I don't think, you know, you, you have Hackett and then that's going to help them get Rodgers. So ultimately that was the right choice. But uh, yeah, if they don't make the playoffs, especially after spending what they're going to spend on Rodgers and and if they spend what they might spend on Beckham and, and all that stuff, like it's going to be hard to convince. I don't know. Maybe Joe could survive it, but I don't think Sala would, I would say. Do you like, do you get a sense of what it would be like to have Aaron Rodgers, Odell Beckham, Zach Wilson still in the locker room, like all this stuff happening at once. Like, I I don't know. I I've always been struck by Robert Sala as a guy who genuinely does care I think he has his hand on the pulse of the emotional side of it. So and my, my, my background in saying that is I covered the jets when Rex Ryan was there. And I, I feel like similar vibes to 2011 when they said, okay, like, you know, we're going for it Two AFC championships. Now it's the super bowl. And so let's get Plaxico Burris. Let's get Derek Mason. Let's get, um, oh God, um, LeVron Landry. Um, remember the biceps guy? Like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. like all these players, let's get them all to Tim Tebow. Um, and then like some days you're like looking around the locker room and you're like, where, where are we? Like, what is this place? And I, I just think that that was, I think Rex is a good person. I think he's a great guy. I think he probably underestimated how difficult that was going to be on a personality level. Do you think Salah has a sense of, all right, let's walk in. Let's, let's pretend I'm a, I'm a beat reporter. I'm going to walk into this locker room and Aaron Rodgers is going to be over there. And Zach Wilson's going to be next to Aaron Rodgers. Sure. He's not psyched. Um, You got Odell Beckham over here. Uh, There's 50 cameras in there. Like, I I don't know. That's going to be a pretty wild Wednesday, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Um, that's more of a, I'm going to, I'll know when I see, but I, you know, you, they had a locker room that was pretty tight knit last year. A lot of young guys, right. and some veterans, and there is a risk of, you you know, that you bring in per, big personalities like that. You're risking a little, you know, that changing a little bit. And these guys who walk in and have never stepped foot in that locker room before acting like they, you know, own the place or whatever. Like, I don't know that's going to happen. Maybe, maybe Odell will be a good teammate. Like I, by all accounts, his teammates have all liked him in the past, even if he's been like publicly a distraction. Um, you know, R- Rogers, I think for the most part, is fine in the locker room, but then you know he might go and spout off on Pat McAfee on a Tuesday. So um, <laughs> it's it's gonna there's gonna be a lot more eyes on this team, and you know, they have some big personality on them. Garrett Wilson was not afraid to show how he felt last year, whether it was on the field or in interviews. Like he 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 would call people out, like he and he was he was doing that as a rookie, and you know Sauce Gardner's not not afraid to speak his mind and cj mosley's in there he's a veteran guy who kind of says what he's thinking and and so it, it you have a lot of different kind of personalities and it's gonna be interesting to see if you know sala you know to his credit as like you mentioned he's he's been good he 
he weathered a lot of storms last year. He had a receiver request a trade during a winning streak, and it didn't blow the locker room up. Like the Zach Wilson stuff, everybody pretty much stayed together. Um, right. So I think he's shown that he can he can keep a team together. But when you have big personalities like that, like it, last year it was all young guys. It was all, you know, Zach Wilson even was only in his second year. It was all, you know, 23-year-olds. Uh, and then he had some veterans to kind of help him. And, and it's a little different when you bring a 39-year-old Rodgers and a – you know, however old Beckham is and, and if they keep adding other guys, like, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be, it's going to be one of the more interesting parts of this whole, this whole thing. Rogers will be handing out uh big pharma pamphlets and, uh, and everyone will be awkward with his new boss, uh, Woody Johnson. (laughs) The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not hundred percent sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. So first question, precursor question, the Odell thing is real. Yes. Like that's actually real. Yeah. That, I, I'd say they're the favorite to get him right now. Wow. Oh my gosh. Um, I'll I, think, follow I, think, by... I think, I think part of, I think they're like, I, I don't know what they've offered him or if they have or whatever, but I, my impression is more like it hasn't happened yet just cause like they're trying to figure out the money side of it. It sounds like Odell's still asking for quite a bit. I don't think they can give him. I think Albert Breer reported like 15 million or something he was looking for. I, I don't think they're going to give him that. Yeah. And I'll say this and I, you know, you mentioned it too. I, you know, I went, I did a story on Odell um, the summer that he was signing his big contract. And I remember, you know, at the time you have to go back. Um, we're both in, in you're in Jersey still, right? Yep. Yeah. We can, you can never leave. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, I remember like walking the the parking lot of Giants practice and training camp and interviewing like like 10 people to try to get like kind of a straw poll. And it was 50-50. I mean, Giants fans just weren't sure what to make of him. 
But if you go in and then, you know, I had some some time to talk to his teammates, all the receivers loved him. Like yeah. absolutely loved him. And, you know, can he be a little bit silly and mercurial? Sure. Like, is he does he have access to hang out with the kinds of people that like are beyond our level of fame and comprehension? Sure. And, you know, that could be a little bit different. But I think to a person, you know, he's he's a fine guy. And I, I think he'd fit in. All right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I've, that, that's always been the thing with him. I think people always seem to not realize that he uh, is always popular with his teammates. Like, I'm sure there are guys that don't like how, how much attention he draws or whatever. But um, historically, guys, he was like voted like, you know, team. I think he's been a team captain in the past. I think I don't know. Maybe I made that up. Um yeah, so I, I don't know, maybe that I think he's friends with Sauce Gardner already. And he's a guy that is also looked at as like from the younger players as like the guy they like looked up to when they were coming up through high school and college, which is crazy. Makes us feel old because I don't even know if he's 30 yet. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but Dude. Yeah, you know, he's a guy that players in the league respect quite a bit, I think. That hits hard a little bit. Yeah. How old are you? 32. Oh, you're a baby. I'm just about to turn 35. Um <laughs> So we'll close with this. Um, the dynamics of the Rogers situation. Um, what is, I mean, is it just a GM pissing contest at this point? Like, it, it, like I just want to come out of here looking like I have the best deal and they're just sort of like waiting on that to happen. Yeah. I think they're both, you know, I think for a while the Packers wanted to get a first round pick and the jets were like, we're just not doing that. So we'll wait you out. I don't, I don't think they're asking for a first anymore. I think now, the hold up this is this i'm not like i don't have it's not a report or anything but my impression would be that the jets want protections in case rogers doesn't come back after one year Mm. whether that's you know a protected pick going to the going to the packers or maybe the jets get a pick if he doesn't play in 2024 like something like that i think i think that's where we're at now i feel like it's probably going to be the jets give up a second round pick because they have two of them now and then like a future pick. And I think maybe the sticking point is that they, they want to pick back in case he doesn't play again, kind of thing. I had always thought, and I guess this isn't true because it seems like the sense is that they're not expecting him for OTAs anyway. Like they wouldn't have expected him to come for OTAs anyway. And I thought after watching him on McAfee, I thought this guy is on like the blood trail and he will, he's so upset that he will show up for OTAs, be the consummate teammate and then try every way, shape, and form to just end his career on the on such a high note in the biggest media market in the world and walk right into whatever, you know, TV job he wants to have. But it doesn't sound like he's like, you know, it doesn't sound like it's going that way. Like, it doesn't sound like there's a ton of pressure to be like, get me to OTAs, please. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think, I think the fact that they have Hackett in the building and they're going to they're gonna construct the offense around what Rodgers likes to do, I, I don't think they're as worried about like you know him getting time in with the guys i i don't know i i think there is some value to again having some time for him to have chemistry with them but he's also it's not i'm used to covering quarterbacks who like you know it's zach wilson it's daniel jones it's carson wentz whatever it is guys who while maybe have some talent that like they like timing is is a real thing you have to work on with these guys whereas rogers i don't know he probably can figure it out on the fly because he's that's how good he is and that that's kind of the thing to go back to like the distraction stuff when you're as good as Rodgers is, that's why everybody puts up with it. That's why he's as popular and famous and, as, as you know, the Jets are going all out to get him. If, if they're winning and if he's playing well, I get none of that's going to matter and they'll be everybody will love him. So. 
have you thought about your like opening move with Rodgers? Like I remember, you know, being in the Jets locker room or the Giants locker room and like, you know, some of the bigger guys and you're like, okay, what's when I introduce myself, what's what's our thing in common that I can be like, hey, you know, we we, we both understand this. Um, but I, I think I, I think he's a Star Wars fan. So maybe I'll go with that. Nice. Yeah. So I had never. Is it blasphemous to you to know that I've never seen any only episode one? That's the only movie I've ever seen. Like, like the prequel episode one, like the the one with like um, Jar Jar Binks that came out oh, when I was in like <laughs> That's the sixth only one grade. You've seen? So I hadn't seen any of them, and then I went to go. You might see be that. the only per- you might be the only one in America who, out of if you've only seen one of them, to only see that one is pretty interesting. <laughs> like one of the I, worst ones. I saw it as like uh um at a kid's birthday party, and then I was like, <laughs> oh, this is terrible. Like, why I would know. I go see the other ones? But then. <laughs> My son has like a Darth Vader shirt. We got it from somewhere, whatever. So then someone thought he liked Star Wars. So for his birthday, someone got us all the Star Wars golden books, like the little kids books. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of really tightly summarize the entire movie. And so we got like all of them. And I'm just like, oh, this is pretty cool. But now I kind of know what happens, like enough (laughs) that I kind of get the gist of it. And I don't know. Now I might give it a shot, but it's, you know. You're pretty great. I think you should. (laughs) (laughs) um the only other thing i have to ask you about you posted on instagram the other day uh and twitter maybe an iced coffee flight from Uh, arizona that just looked unbelievable and what's your um what are your social media handles so that everyone knows yeah i'm uh at zach blatt on twitter z-a-c-k and at uh zach blatt nfl on instagram um yeah it's uh it's a place in Phoenix called Jojo's, I believe. And it was very good. I'm a big iced coffee guy. Uh, I, I'm pro. I Even when it's cold out, I'm fine. having have a nice coffee kind of thing. And I also like sweet kind. Like I, I'm, I, I like flavoring in mine kind of thing. So this one had, had a latte, uh, a white mocha, I think a regular mocha, a cold brew, and a like caramel macchiato or something like that. Damn. Um, they, they were good. They were all good. But after I, I was like wired. <laughs> I was, was going to say, like, how did you feel for the rest like, of the they, day? They all were like not that big, but it add, it adds up to like a decent amount of coffee. And I, I'm like, if, if we were talking like Starbucks sizes, I probably get a grande and I don't always finish it even kind of thing is how I drink coffee a lot of times. Okay. Um, and so that was a lot. Like, I didn't, I didn't even finish all of it, but I drank enough of it that I was like the rest of the day. I was like, oh, my God, that was <laughs> It was one of the things that I'm, I enjoyed it, but I don't think I would need to do that again if I went back there kind of thing. You would only need to do that again if and when Aaron Rodgers signs his contract because you'd be up all night True. writing for The Athletic, hopefully coming back and podcasting with us on the MMQB. Um, thanks so much, man. This was great. Yeah, thanks for having me, Connor. I appreciate it. The MMQB NFL podcast is produced by Shelby Royston. Mark Mravick is the emeritus editor of the MMQB, Super Bowl champion Andy Benoit of the Los Angeles Rams, and rec league basketball three-point assassin Gary Gramling are the founders of the MMQB NFL podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this feed on Apple Podcasts, and once you do, leave a rating and review because it really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 